have a lot in common, some really similar experiences, and some wildly different ones. We met because of beer. We bonded over comedy. But maybe the thing we love most is bread. And each other. Oh, do we though? Whatever. You know you love me. How about you just pass the bread? Oh man, that sounds so good. Oh yeah, I'm into this. I'm so excited. All right. Oh, uh, look at that crumb. That's too good. Oh, that is delightful. <laughs> I cannot wait to try this. Someone baked the bread this week and it wasn't me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so Kaylee, Tell when was me. the last time you ate? <laughs> you ready to get this bread? <laughs> it's been a rough week, folks. It's been a rough week, but we are, we're going to have a good time tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just Ooh. keep cutting. Yep. I could listen getting... to that all day. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. That smell. I'm into it. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Plate it up. Oh. Sweet. Am I taking that whole wedge? That's a thick, thick I one. I believe in you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's appropriate. Let's be real. Girth yeah. counts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You going to try it? Yeah. That's, oh, mm. it's, it's light, too. It is. Oh, shit. Tell us what we're eating. Mm. Tell me about this, because... <laughs> this is going to have to be cut out, because I'm chewing. I chewed through the last one. Mm. I, I was talking with my mouthful. I think we're fine. We're authentic. This is a food podcast. I don't All know right. what they expect from us. So this is a no-need bread recipe. In fact, this is... A much-needed bread. The no-need bread recipe. What does that mean? Um, so that means, <laughs> keep a hold of that Almost wine glass, Kaylee. my wine. <laughs> Y'all are in for one. T- you have no idea. Mm, you ready? Um, no. So in 2006, um, Mark Bittman, who was the, um, a columnist at the New York Times, uh, wrote about this no-need bread recipe that he had mm-hmm. found out from, I think this guy named like Jim Leahy. Um, who was um, a baker in Manhattan. Okay. And Jim like said, hey, come check out this bread recipe. It's revolutionary. It's a no-need recipe. Um, an ambitious eight-year-old could make this bread. That's how little work it requires. This story sounds really familiar to me. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, so Mark went, saw it, and was like, oh, my gosh. Like, basically, so many recipes are all about, like, getting – like kneading the dough correctly, getting mm-hmm. that knead right, maintaining like building the gluten through that. And this one, um, obviously, as the title says, is like a no knead bread, and it's all about time. <laughs> Kaylee, that's obscene. <laughs> She's really into this bread, you guys. We should turn this into a video <laughs> podcast. Um, but it really lets time do the work where yeah. you, you know, you mix the um flour, salt, and yeast with some lightly warm water. There's a little bit of olive oil in this recipe that was optional, but I always feel like that adds a little bit of flavor. I mean, there is flavor, and there's the texture is also very soft. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's good. It's, yeah. I'm I'm very pleased with this, and, like, it has nice bubbles in the bread Mm -hmm. where you can tell that it expanded Mm -hmm. um, at a good time, so I'm pretty happy with that. Well done. Mm. Expanding just like me. So my understanding with no need bread too is that it's just a longer period of time where you let the the a smaller amount of yeast ferment over a longer period of time. Correct. Yes. So okay. I think a lot of recipes that require um, kneading and yeast are mm-hmm. usually like two teaspoons and a fourth. I think is the is the typical amount. So this recipe for four cups of flour had. Um, according to his directions, a scant half teaspoon of yeast. Okay. Two teaspoons of salt, two tablespoons of olive oil, and then like two plus however much you need uh, warm cups of water. Mm. And that's the recipe. And it like truly came together in two minutes. Um, I put this together at 
midnight last night. Okay. Um, and then um, it kind of says like you can just let it sit for 12 to 18 hours. And so that, a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time. That's completely different than the process where you're like every four hours you're mm-hmm. flipping and rotating and mm-hmm. folding and doing all and that. And letting it rise again and yeah. punching it down and letting yeah. it rise. Um, and so I let it uh, rise for 16 hours. Okay. Um, and then they were kind of like, you know, it's done when there are little bubbles all over the top. And I mean, mm. it had like tripled in size. Did you... Was it resting in the refrigerator or just on your counter? It was resting on the counter. Um, And when I was looking at other recipes for this or like people's takes on it, there was one that kind of said, okay, let it rise on the counter for 12 to 18 hours and then put it in the fridge for three days because that deepens the flavor because it's letting that yeast work. And so you're getting like a deeper... um, Slower, but... mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of one that I'm like... Obviously, we didn't have the time to do that this week, but I'm like, Curious to try that, yeah. Yeah, I want to kind of... Because like, it is all about the flavor. Um, But I think I texted you tonight, like when I was... Because this one, after 16 hours, I took it out. It said to... um, It was... a wet dough (laughs) like it was hard to handle i've been described in such a way (laughs) um and so it was like turn it out on a floured surface and like fold it two times and don't work it it. yeah like just fold it and it was it was a mess it was damp yes was it sticking to your fingers yes yeah yes like and i had like floured my hands Mm -hmm. but it was it was so sticky um not one of my descriptors <laughs> and so i folded it i let it rest for 15 minutes and i think this is one of the things with dough where like you have to let it rest mm-hmm. and just like kind of get back to normal and then you can work it again so it rested for 15 minutes and then they said okay like flour it again and then shape it into a ball with like as little handling as possible mm-hmm. because you don't want to like pop those bubbles that yeah that are that are already in the dough um so got it into um a circle on a floured um cotton kitchen towel yeah and then covered it with another towel let that sit for another two hours until it had doubled in size uh which it did do you have a bread basket bowl thing one of those i don't i don't either i'm not fancy should we get those maybe look at we're doing this podcast without the cool bread basket oh i mean are we even legit if we don't have those like fancy braided baskets posers we need to get our shit together Um, i don't know the things i'm putting in my mouth right now do not care what kind of basket they grew up in. they did not require a basket they were just like let me range like wild and free on that countertop kaylee i've done the thing too where when i put my dough because i don't have like the aerated bamboo baskets or whatever i just flour a towel a tea towel kind of thing and wrap it in a bowl, like a plastic regular bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I let it rise for like two hours and then, um, well, an hour and a half. And then I turned on the oven to let it and put the Dutch, Dutch oven, oven in to get hot with the lid on top mm-hmm. of it because mm-hmm. you want it to get um, internally to that to that temperature because the Dutch oven is a big part of this. Yep. Um, texture wise. And so I let the Dutch oven sit in that. Um, the recipe was said... Was it like 400? Like what? The recipe said... You read my mind. The recipe said... Um, it's because it, we're on the same page kinetically. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what mm-hmm. kinetic really means, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure we can figure it out. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. You let the oven heat to what temperature? Well, the recipe said 450. But Mm. when I was reading through the directions, they were like, you know, you want to bake it in the Dutch oven for 30 minutes. Then you take the um, lid off and let it bake for another 20 to 30. But they were like, if you start smelling like kind of burnt bread, like, you know, the bottom is getting a little toastier Mm. than you would like, Mm -hmm. um, then to turn the temperature down a little bit. And I have made some no-need recipes before, and the bottom does tend to get a little darker. Bra- yeah, like really hard. Um, we like things hard and dark. <laughs> 
And so <laughs> I decided to only heat my oven to 435. So I let the Dutch oven sit in there for 30 minutes. And then the, the direction. I love that you're doing all the talking because I'm just eating this entire time. <laughs> I know. I'm a little she sad because like, I want to keep eating the bread, but I don't want to have a full mouth. <laughs> Fucking get it on. Get it, your get your story on so we can. Uh, <laughs> uh, the pressure. Oh, my gosh. All the no. thoughts. No. Okay. 435. So 435. Um, And then this was the part where I was like, okay, this dough has expanded. And then the directions were basically like, yeah, pour it into mm. the Dutch oven. Is because that doughy. Liquidy. Yeah. It's it's still super wet. Um, Me too. <laughs> after talking about all this bread. I'm getting wetter, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> Um, so then I just like dumped it into the hot, um, Dutch oven and I could immediately smell that like, okay, it's, it's like starting to bake almost immediately. Put the, uh, lid on it and then stuck it in the oven for 30 minutes. Um, once the 30 minutes were up, I took the lid off and I think I let it bake for another 27. Um, and I know Kaylee will, uh, post photos of it later because y'all, I'm like very proud of this. Um, no, it's a beautiful loaf. This loaf. Cause it, I'm that, actually going to get mm. photos of the interior as well. Cause that's. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, loves the insides, but it got a lovely golden, like crisp. No, exterior. it's, it's the perfect golden brown tan Ugh. with like a little you got the flour uh-huh a little baked in flour uh-huh. on top it's it's, it's a fantastic thank it's a fantastic you. circle of bread oh thank you um do you want to take a moment of silence to eat it no because i still have thoughts oh, to share shit. about about making this okay and then they were basically like once you get it out of the oven, like you want to get it out of that Dutch oven immediately and mm-hmm. put it on a rack so cool. that it can cool and you don't want it to like kind of keep baking. Um, she showed up with it warm. So warm. It was still. My car, I'm excited to like go out to my car because it's going <laughs> to still smell like baked, fresh baked yeah, bread. There's, it's a magical thing. Well, can... even, I mean, this was the thing though, like even before I started baking it, like when I was just like working with the dough, I think I texted you and I was like, my apartment smells like doughy, yeasty dough. She's like, it smells like dough in here. And I was yeah. like, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to let you sit in that <laughs> feeling. Uh, no, and I know when I like walk back into my apartment tonight, it's going to smell like fresh baked bread in my apartment, which mm-hmm. you guys, is is there a better smell? What is better? I, I don't think so. Fresh I, baked. To no. me, it's... We love a good warmed yeast and i think it's maybe because we're women and it's also between our legs on occasion and it's potent but familiar mm-hmm. is that why we like baked bread mm. <laughs> i don't know if that's the first reason you don't, that i would have gone to have we can't have a bread podcast if we don't talk about yeast mm. mm-hmm. and the things it's doing to our innards well i also think like i hope y'all aren't eating right now <laughs> like we are <laughs> Uh, my mom made so much bread, like it's growing a very up. Very familiar smell, and so it was just like I remember so many times, like if I was getting home from school, or I mean, <clears throat> at one point in my life I was also homeschooled, so sometimes breaking Ooh. news: Whoa. Christian college and homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I mean, no, judge me. Yeah, there we go. No uh, judgment. Also, just... let's not forget the Christian high school. It explains everything. Mm, it does oh, oh don't mix that yeah i was about <laughs> she was about to pour her red blend into a cab hey red wine is red wine like i have are you about to start some shit <laughs> <laughs> to the wine lovers in my life few and far between though they may be <laughs> Red is red and white is white in my mind. So, and if you want to get crazy, make a rose. Hey, we're a bottle in. It's been a hard fucking week. It's been a week, y'all. It's been a week, and this bread is my first intake of food. And I know that's really fucked up and not great, but it's my first food intake in a few days because I just I couldn't. I 
There were priorities that weren't food, and it was my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, Kaylee and I have opposite stress responses uh-huh. mm-hmm. where, you know, I get stressed, and I'm like, oh, it's it's time it's to consume time. everything mm. to soothe myself. And, and I get stressed, and the last thing on my mind is food, which I really wish my body represented (laughs) uh i've had a lot of alcohol this week so that's yeast intake (laughs) you've consumed calories (laughs) liquid though they may be liquid and fermented and (laughs) no um i can't tell you how much this bread is nailing nailing it for me right now Mm. Well, so this was the other thing when I was like kind of looking at the science behind no need recipes where it's like that time that fermentation Mm -hmm. allows the gluten to like build. Yeah. Um, But on top of it, truly the key is that Dutch oven. And I'll be real Mm -hmm. honest uh, tonight, guys. The only reason that I have a Dutch oven is so that I can make no need bread. That's the reason I got a Dutch oven. Really? Yeah. I love my Dutch oven. And I noticed when you were sending me the pictures of it, we have the same one. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I use, I use my Dutch oven for a variety of things. It's great for like a curry. Good I love. Good for a stew. Yeah. Any liquid situation. But I have also cooked, like my first true homemade bread attempts were in the Dutch oven. Same. The first, like my first true, true bread was a kneaded bread with the okay. rising processes and all the things but it was the first time i i also bought a kitchen scale and i was doing everything by grams uh-huh. and like i got really into it i had a thermometer for the flour and the air temperature and the water temperature and it's it's kind of tedious but also like the most satisfying when you know you've put all that work into it yeah and you've let it rise for 13 hours like it's like this commitment to a very small loaf. Yeah, but it's, but it's so wonderful. So satisfying when it turns out. And I feel like it's also one of those things where, uh, like, I was thinking about it where I was like, oh, it's kind of like rainy today and a little bit yeah, cooler, but moody. I have my windows open. Mm-hmm. Is that going to affect the rise? Yes. The humidity factor. Yes. Um, yeah. I Maybe I'll bring it in next week, but I have a book that I bought – I guess, I think it was once quarantine happened. And it's like one of the really basic bread books, bread recipe books. And it okay. starts with like a basic f- flour, salt, yeast mm-hmm. recipe, right? And it builds. And the the way the book is built is to, it gets more and more complicated. And so by the end, you're doing like your sourdough starters. And it's like this long, committed, you know, endeavor to like the fermentation process at all but the way the book is set up it builds to that so you're like constantly getting a more and more complicated bread yeah and the reason i bought that bread is because jenna fisher of the office (laughs) got that book and was like spent most of quarantine like doing testing all these breads and baking all these breads yeah and i like bought in so i was like this is my content (laughs) like like Jenna Fisher is cool and fine. I was a diehard office person. Yep. But once her Instagram turned into bread making with Jenna, <laughs> I was like, I will buy anything <laughs> you tell me to buy. Yes, ma'am. Like, I am here. And it's been, I've tried a few things out of it. And I started at, like, literally reading it like a chapter book, like oh, page one. Um, and the first, the first one was also in a Dutch oven. Okay. Well, yeah, because, like, that's the really cool thing about it is there are like two things that are going on that contributes to like why a Dutch oven is like such a great thing to start with, mm-hmm. which is one, the radiation uh, yeah. that they kind of talk they about. They hold that heat. They hold the heat and the heat is like hitting much faster. So there's much more energy mm-hmm. happening. And then the second thing is like with that lid on the Dutch oven is the humidity, mm-hmm. which like heat transfers easier and faster through humid air. And like when those bubbles start to expand, that moisture is like rising, but it can't escape it's anywhere. Got to go. So it's creating this like 
harder crust with like i mean i haven't stopped looking at the bread to cut another piece you you heard (laughs) that crackle like that is when i think about bread like that's one of those things where i'm just like oh god yeah oh so good so good you have no idea what we sound like when we have sex, except you <laughs> have an exact idea of what we sound like when we're having sex. It's so good. Um, so, yeah. So this was my – I feel like this is, like, that OG recipe that yeah. really um, transformed how people um, in homes thought about bread as opposed to, like, a commercial bakery and kind yeah. of realizing, oh, I can get that texture. I can make this myself. And so – um, I feel like I don't know if viral was a thing in 2006. I feel like that wasn't. YouTube had just come out, so maybe. Yeah. But this was uh, this like revolutionized a lot of things, and all of a sudden people started realizing it was really possible to make bread in their own homes. It's really interesting easily. that it's so recent. In I mean, yeah. I don't think. Do you think? It, I mean, whatever you did the research again, the intellect, <laughs> not me. Intellect is a loose term. (laughs) Comparatively. (laughs) This bread that you were talking about, like the recipe was developed that recently or it was just, it became national or it became public information. I think the method was developed, like, so from what I understood, like Jim Leahy, this, um, I can't remember the name of the bakery in Manhattan, something street. Um, Fuck New York. I know. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having feels today. Mm-hmm. Big feels. Um, he was the one who really like popularized this, and then Mark Bittman like spread it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are recipes from like the '90s um, that are in recipe that are in cookbooks um, that are kind of similar to this. But mm-hmm. it kind of does feel like a. I'm sure the method has been around for a while. I, bread is historically like. The got to be one of the oldest oldest food consumption. But, as soon as we could figure out a crush wheat, we were like, well, "All right, yeah." I was, um, and this was the thing where, like, because I was trying to find out, like, where was the origin? This has yeah. to be older than this, and like, I couldn't find actual facts. But there was, I did, <clears throat> I did stumble across this one fact that I really enjoyed. You guys she ready would. for this? She would. I, I'm not, but oh, okay. They were kind of talking about how some civilizations, like 70% of their calories daily were made up with bread. <laughs> and I was like, yes, take me to that. No. Okay. There are entire communities in Italy where they're like, all of our calories are pasta and we're fit as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, also because they're walking to get everything <laughs> else in their lives. And us fat Americans are like, <laughs> well, and they're probably also not like, overdosing on bread like we do in some ways where we're like because for some people it's this like i shouldn't have bread and then yeah finally allow yourself to well think about like my earliest memory of anti-carb culture was the atkins diet Uh uh-huh and that was like all the rage when i was i don't know 12 ish Mm -hmm. because my dad went on it and Mm -hmm. my dad loved a slice of cheese rolled with meat as his meal, you know, you'd have all the deli meats and cheeses because he could eat as much as he wanted and no car. And like that was my first indicator as a young kid of like carbs are bad. Bread yeah. is bad. Bread makes you fat. Mm-hmm. Now, I can attest to the amount of fat on my body <laughs> that's come from bread. It's not untrue, but to make it. To demonize to a demonize specific it. food group, yes. I personally think yes. is <clears throat> immoral. Um, <laughs> well, as see, a righteous woman. <laughs> <laughs> With a pure heart. <laughs> Uh, well, no, like I, so like I didn't grow up with my and parents. clogged arteries. Clogged arteries in that pure heart of her. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Mine um, fully clogged over here. <laughs> Steps away from heart disease. <laughs> Just heart stops working. That's, that's what it is. I don't have a heart. That's where I'm at. Mm, you'd like to think that. <laughs> okay, now you can pour that red wine, that red blend in. <laughs> Thank you. Now I can refill my glass. Um, no, but like I didn't grow up in a household that was... <laughs> Just keep talking. Uh, okay. Uh, do 
doing specific diets. Tell me when to stop. Don't stop. <laughs> Definitely don't stop. That's like, that's a restaurant pour. I don't know what okay. you're doing. Speaking of restaurants, really mm. quick. I know you have a point to make. Yes. I'll get but back to it. this process makes so much sense for a commercial kitchen. Yes. Where they don't have time to do all that mm. kneading. But it needs space, though. Like, if you're doing enough Yeah, but bread, if you've got a commercial spot and you you know create bulk dough and then you can section it out into these loaves and just let mm. it rise but like every like two hours you're having like a yeah. fresh loaf. that's true yeah or, yeah so that version of it as well or if you're prepping for tomorrow's service having these loaves that have been rising since yesterday at noon mm-hmm. whatever it makes sense as opposed to like kneading and the i don't know it makes a lot of sense coming out of a commercial kitchen yeah but back to your point <sighs> Back to my point of, uh, I didn't grow up with, like, my parents doing, like, Atkins or anything mm. like that. Like, there was never any formal, like, we're we're doing Jenny Craig, we're doing Atkins, oh, yeah. we're doing Weight Watchers, like, whatever. But there was a definite, like, morality around food, I think. Mm. Um, and my dad, like, my mom made all of the bread in her house, like, yeah. from scratch. But, but at no point could we have white bread in our house we didn't either it was whole wheat mm-hmm. multi-grain same like because my dad was so health conscious about it and like and even that bread he would like judge himself for eating and being like oh i'm like stress eating this i shouldn't be doing this but like mm. i can't help myself but like we had a bread drawer in the kitchen that always had a loaf of bread in it and so i always grew up with like constantly had toast like yeah there was all of these things which um i can still see like my childhood the bag of bread i don't remember the brand but it was like a yellowish orange loaf of bread and it was whole wheat Mm -hmm. white bread was never introduced into our house so it became something i didn't like like i was the kid at the birthday party who wouldn't eat the peanut butter and jelly (laughs) on white bread and this was my feedback to this day i don't like white bread because it stuck to the roof of my mouth. Yes. It's right. It, yes. And then you have to like peel it <laughs> yes. off and it also peel just it. like in, yes. it's not substantial. No. Like this is not a hearty sandwich. <laughs> All of our issues are surfacing right now. <laughs> no, that was always my thing. I was like, this is not good. It's like glued and, and it's so thin. And most kids or the stereotype of kids is like brown bread is gross. Like, give me those seeds. That's truly, <laughs> uh-huh. that was, we always had brown, brown bread. And like, even now, like, I, Juniper's probably had a white bread at school or something like that, but it is not something we bring into the house. Um, occasionally, potato bread. Oh. Have you, do you? I, I don't know. Okay. That was not a thing. Potato bread wasn't a thing growing up, but it was a Kaylee thing. Kaylee poured another glass of wine. I'm sawing up another hunk you of bread. You think I'm not taking the opposite wedge? <laughs> okay, no, just to tell you the bounce back factor, she was just squeezing it to cut and it just like re Okay, so inflated. If any of you watched Great British Baking Show with Paul no, Hollywood. We're not basic like and that. And he d- oh, I'm so basic <laughs> like that. Um, he'll do that like finger test. Uh, I've had a few of those. Mm. <laughs> and like press it to make sure it bounces back. And y'all, the bounce loaf, back is so good, it you is, guys. Mm, it's substantial. Um, But yeah, she's never had it. Like, and my go-to like store-bought bread in the house is Dave's Killer Bread. I love it. I stand by it. You know, Ezekiel had a, a, a that was all uh-huh. the rage for a minute, which is fine. But I love Dave's. I think it stems to my, like, love of men. I don't know, but. <laughs> I have um, <laughs> the uh, the Dave's English muffins, multi-grain yeah. English muffins yeah. sitting on also my counter good. right now. Yeah. I have some Thomas ones on my counter, uh-huh. but, you know. Oh. Um, but no, like, the other um, no-need recipes that I've done in the past, I did a cheese um, mm. a cheesy no-need recipe, which, if I remember correctly... If we were to start a second podcast, it would be about cheese. Mm, That's like second in line. Ooh, we love a cheese. <laughs> Melted in a fried mm. situation with some mm. marinara sauce. You know what I'm talking about. That's more her. She's more mm. of the cheese stick girl. Yeah. 
But I love so many uh, Sunday a nights. A brie with... wrapped in a croissant oh. or a crescent, like yeah. uh, the Pillsbury shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You heat that, you bake it, add some apricot. Oh, mm. fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the first bread that I ever made you was you came over to my house for dinner. I did. And I think I made you um, my smoky chickpea tomato potato stew mm-hmm. and Solid. this Asiago cheese uh. bread. And I think we ate like over <laughs> half the loaf that night and you were like, oh shit, like this is good. Um, it's the only other way to, never mind. <laughs> Uh, so I've made, I've, made, <laughs> I've made that and I've made a, <laughs> you're right there? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I've made a seeded, uh, like whole wheat, no need bread, mm-hmm. um, that I use for breakfast a lot. Um, in the toaster you don't have? Mm, in, mm. You know, so <laughs> I was kind of... I have had feelings about this since you've told me. Like, I have been reliving this truth about you, and I want to get down to the bottom of okay, it. Okay, uh, so that that's, that's funny that you should mention that, because I've been Hilarious. doing some thinking about it. Okay. Because last time, I think I said, like, oh, it's because I like clean countertops. Like, I don't want extra clutter. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want things to serve multiple purposes, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I I don't – I realize now that's that's actually not the real reason that I don't have a toaster. Wow. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. Are we getting into some truths? We are, we are getting into some truths here. Okay. Uh, the real reason that I do not have a toaster – is because uh, when I like moved out on my own quite a few years ago, had my first apartment, was getting everything set up, learning how to cook for myself, all that shit, trying to figure out how to do this like whole adulthood thing and succeed. Super overrated, but mm. yeah. So hard. No one tells you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I started counting calories and trying to mm. lose weight and doing all these things and I remember sitting there thinking like oh I really want a toaster and then being like oh but if I have a toaster then I'll eat bread all the time and that is uh too many calories that is unhealthy because I absorbed Ouch. a lot of the messages that were in my house <clears throat> as one does and so I have never had a toaster because I have been scared that that means that I'll then consistently consume bread and that will be bad for me. And if that isn't some fucked up diet culture, yeah, uh, I don't know what is. <laughs> so that makes me sad. It's it is sad. And as someone who's never not had a toaster, <laughs> and. I do think our morning routines are a little different. Like, you get up and make food and eat. Yes. I, d- I wake up hungry. Yeah, I don't have the same experience in that way. <laughs> but I love, like, the weekend when you finally, like, have some time to yourself in the morning or whatever. The toasters be working. <laughs> <laughs> toasters be heating up. <laughs> the toasters. <laughs> um... Yeah, and that's, that's a takeaway that sounds like was also implied in your upbringing if your parents were or your dad was, you know, making it a known thing that bread is something that needs to be restricted and mm-hmm. reduced in your intake. Or and- like even just like something to judge yourself for eating. And yeah. I, I think well applying morality to it is ugh. bizarre. It's it it yeah. My yeah. I mean my dad also did this like yo-yoing kind of diety thing and I like I said Atkins and stuff, but it was never food was always to be enjoyed. Like, there was no morality attached to it, which I think is an interesting especially the way we grew up. I think that doubles down on how yeah. bad you already feel about 
yep. what you're putting in your body. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I mean, I remember the pastor of my church growing up, like, you know, talk about the sins and he'd always talk about gluttony and, yeah. you know, like he would just be like, oh, I had that second slice of pie and that's like a real sin. And it's kind of like, why is that the sin that you're consistently calling out? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it attaches this like, oh, if you're fat, you're inherently more sinful and like a worse person. So crazy. Than, you know, someone who's thin and you're automatic. And again, it's this automatic assumption of like, if you're thin, you're healthy, which we all know is not true. Also not true. Yeah. So no, I could point to a very specific example that I live with. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Thin doesn't always mean, but I even, I even remember like growing up, um, so my family really loved um, an olive garden. We loved, mm. uh, we really loved a Carrabba's and a macaroni grill uh, <laughs> growing up. So if you didn't already know I was from the Midwest, now you do. We didn't even have those in my town. That's how small. Oh, they weren't in my town. We'd drive 35 <laughs> uh, minutes to uh, to Canton Akron uh, to, to get some of that sweet, sweet dipping bread. Oh, my God. Um, All you can eat. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Endless. Uh, but no, I remember we would be at those restaurants and um, they would bring out like the bread basket, the bread basket. and that like oh, that oil and like mm, the seasonings so was good. just oh amazing. Um, and my parents like you know we'd always indulge, and then they would say like, "Don't ruin your dinner with this," or like, "Don't." Yeah. Eat it. And I would just be like, "But I can take home dinner as leftovers." Like this, I'm planning <laughs> for tomorrow, bitch. Yeah, I'm being <laughs> industrious here. <laughs> I'm being budget conscious, parents. What you talking about? Um, but it was like very much that, like, oh, the don't like don't take too much of this. Like, don't have a refill on that endless bread basket. Um, mm-hmm. These are empty calories that aren't you know like going to be good for you. And then, um, yeah, there was just there was like a lot. That also brings up an interesting thing with like eating out and. <laughs> Like we didn't have, so we didn't have those chain restaurants so much. Those started coming okay. into play probably when I was like late high schoolish. We were truly like small. Like when Outback showed up, people lost their fucking <laughs> minds. Blooming Ooh. Onion like did the town. Oh, in. I remember Blooming Onion. So we, yeah. like, I didn't grow up with a lot of those. I think we had a Red Lobster. Mm-hmm. I want to say, and we had Denny's, which I don't think they have out here, but Denny's was our like version of Shoney's, I guess. Oh, we have those in Ohio, and that's where you go at 2 a.m. when you're drunk. Yes, like yeah. the first, my first high school, I won't even call it a relationship. We never had labels, but my first kiss, my first a few things was with um, a guy, again, still friends with (laughs) but our thing was to go to denny's and drink black coffee at 2 a.m like that was our like (laughs) Mm -hmm. we drink coffee and i drank it black he drank it with cream it was a whole thing (laughs) (laughs) but um so we so so much of my like eating out experience was at like these small local um i remember my dad's favorite place to go for breakfast was this place called roy's Roy's Old Mill or something. Is it like a diner? Yeah. It's essentially like a diner. It's all about the biscuits and gravy. It's all about like add as many sausage patties or sausage (laughs) links as you want to your egg order. Whatever. Like very home style cooking. And... The waitresses from oh, those places. <laughs> Did they like know his order and flirt with him oh, when he came in? One thousand <laughs> percent. Even if my mom was with us, oh, God. it was always, hey, sugar, hi, honey, mm-hmm. always. And my dad ate it up. Uh huh. I have a very, I have a very specific memory of going to a place like that, um, north of Flagstaff. My dad and I were on a hunting trip. <laughs> Did you kill an elk? I was on my way to. No, I, I think we were actually on um, my, I, I'm, very, I'm pretty certain we were on my antelope hunt. Pronghorn antelope, which is like this really rare 
in Arizona, there's a whole process to get drawn, to go hunting, and uh-huh. it's a whole thing. And to Does get your a- dad have one mounted on the wall? Three of them. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, I had a tag. I had a junior tag, which was really rare. There was like 12 in the state, and I got one. Well, shit. And so... On those trips, though, notoriously, you'd come back to town to get a hot meal after you were, like, burnt out on camp food. (laughs) And there was a woman and a waitress who, to this day, my dad still talks about. (laughs) Because it was, like, a dad and daughter walk into a restaurant. She's got three teeth missing. (laughs) She's, like, just, like, a good old girl. She's probably... She's now with like retrospect, she's probably 35. She's probably (laughs) my age, but in my mind, she was 57. (laughs) Like one of those, like, you know, what is the whole like road hard and put Mm. up wet? Like Mm. this woman had lived a life. Oh, God. Terrible description, but yes, I know what you mean. (laughs) And to, to this day, my dad loves to talk about her and obviously we don't know her name we had like no in what way though because okay the whole like come up to the table hi honey how you doing what can i get you and my dad being the wholesome man of god who my mom certainly wasn't saying that when she was serving him breakfast <laughs> <laughs> to sort of have this like and the thing was he was like he knew she wasn't um traditionally attractive (laughs) but attention is attention attention is attention (laughs) and he loved to like flirt and anytime anyone called him sugar honey sweetie he you know basically was you know validated for being Mm. a stud (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile meanwhile if i can paint a picture for you we are in head to toe camouflage (laughs) (laughs) but that's a man who can provide kaylee (laughs) he can he can gut an elk for you he can hang a deer skin Mm. him out oh man that makes me pack him out we had he went through a phase of like thinking it was the greatest thing on earth to pack out his meat on our horses <laughs> and got pack saddles and would go into the wilderness. No. I've lived a million lives, folks. Oh, she has. <laughs> she really she really has. This reminds me though, like when you talk about like gutting an elk or a deer or whatever. Um, so my best friend in high school This is a liposuction story. <laughs> No, <laughs> I wish. Um, my best friend in high school was also super into hunting. She was the uh, also the person who like taught me how to drive because she was like two years older than me. So okay. we took her little Chevy S10. Nice. Uh, out love in a that. little mini pickup mm-hmm. truck. <laughs> I learned how to use my blinkers. It was great. My first car was a Chevy Silverado, baby. Oh, there we go. Let's Extended cab, custom rooms. <laughs> Get her done on the back window. Kay- Kaylee has lived a million lives. <laughs> it's so insane. But no, so this friend, uh, she her dad was really into hunting. They mm-hmm. always went hunting together. She taught me how to shoot uh, a compound bow. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to get my hunting license, like all this stuff. But I remember one time I was like walking into her house through the garage and like you know how you just like sense something uh, yeah like kind of on the side and i was like at the door and i like looked over and there's just <laughs> there's just a fully gutted deer like hanging <laughs> yeah. from the ceiling you know how they stretch out oh i'm aware oh like those those front hooves were like on <laughs> on the cement can i tell you okay oh, yeah. this is so unrelated to bread <laughs> But speaking of hooves, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so hunting was such a huge part of like my growing up. It's still a huge part of my dad's life. But when we were kids, it was always like a group thing where like the three dads would get together and they were all hunting or some of them were hunting or some of the kids had tags, whatever. And but it, we would go to camp as like a unit. So it'd be, there'd be like three or four camp trailers and tents and it was this whole thing and it was this really fun like truly some of my fondest memories as a kid was being camp camping and hunting and the whole thing but 
I, I think we were probably 13, 14-ish. And <laughs> we found cut-off elk hooves that had been left by previous hunters. Okay. And this is in a time where like eight millimeter cameras were all the rage, like the flip out screen and handheld and it was on a tape. And so all of the kids in camp decided to make a horror movie. <laughs> oh no. And um, I I don't know. I picked someone to be the videographer. <laughs> you mean you weren't the videographer? Turns out this is my only starring role. Oh shit. <laughs> This is so repulsive. I took the elk hooves and I stuffed them down my sweatshirt. So they looked like my hands. Uh Like you couldn't see my hands anymore. My sweatshirt sleeves came up over the dead hooves. For sure had living organisms inside of them. Definitely dried blood. And we did this horror movie where one of the, um, one of the kids old, maybe, maybe we were older. I hope not. Cause that's even more embarrassing. But one of the families, their kid was like in their early 20s. They had a baby. Anyway, they had brought one of those like baby swings, like the yellow rope swings that have mm-hmm. like the slide mm-hmm. up plasticky swing yep. and had hung it in a tree for their baby. And so we like did all these shots of like the empty swing swinging <laughs> in the forest. Menacing. And then the, the elk hooves. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> there was no plot line. Other than like hooves would appear in frame with an empty swing. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were genius. It was, I it could have been around a, a, maybe around the time of like Blair Witch Project. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe this is me being like super ignorant, uh, uh-huh. which wouldn't be surprised about hunting. But like, why had they sawed off the hooves? Well, so the, I think the hooves ended up back in camp because maybe like the dogs had run off and brought them back or something. Okay. But if, if if the I think I'm accurate about this, I'm not positive, but if the elk had been killed way out far, mm-hmm. you debone them, you leave all that shit for like coyotes to come handle or lions or whatever, and you're just packing out the meat. Like you don't want to take all that extra weight of the hooves and the bones and whatever. Mm-hmm. So you quarter it. It's called quartering the meat. Mm-hmm. And then you strap it onto a backpack and then you know, depending on where you're at, if you can get a quad back there, you strap it onto the four-wheeler, but you're not bringing all the bones and all the extras with you. Gotcha. Because it doesn't, there's no value, there's no meat, there's no value add by bringing that stuff. Also, when you said lions, I completely forgot about like mountain lions and I was assuming like (laughs) (laughs) African lions and I was like, Arizona's different than I remember. (laughs) No, definitely mountain lions. Uh, yeah, which was also a thing. Like, uh, a lot of people who hunt buy a lion permit in case they encounter one. Okay. Because if you encounter one and you kill it without a permit, you're committing oh, a crime. because are they, are they endangered? I don't think they're endangered, but I think it's considered you poaching if you're just killing okay. at random, regardless of if your life's endangered <laughs> or not. Good to know. <laughs> Uh, No, that's interesting, though, because, like, back to the, like, waitressing thing real quick, because, like, I think my dad also has a thing with, like, honestly, for him, it's, like, waiters or waitresses where, Mm. like, he is there to entertain. Okay. Like, he needs to charm them. His goal is to, like, get them to laugh, to, like, have some banter, like, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Not with the, like, purpose of getting anything, but just to, like... He loves that attention. Okay, interesting. And I remember one time, I'm trying to remember, I think I was like, I was in probably my senior year of high school or like college. Mm-hmm. And I started getting really annoyed by it because I was like, why do you feel the need to like entertain <laughs> people? Like, can't we just like have a meal and just be chill mm-hmm. and like not be the clown like yeah. right now? Yeah. Like, um, but I remember, like, this particular meal, uh, he, like, he, like, grabbed the waitress's, like, wrist. Like, he, like, touched her. <laughs> and I saw her, like, s- like freeze up and Absolutely. startle a little bit. Yeah. And so when she walked away, I was like, Dad, I was like, 
that was really inappropriate that you touched her like that, like that you like grabbed her arm. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, I I was like, you know, you're in a position of like tipping her, like, you know, like kind of like trying to explain mm-hmm. the power dynamic a little bit. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> as, as, as we've seen in the past couple of years, like older white men get really defensive when you like call them oh. out on shit. You can't tell them that they're maybe being they're inappropriate. Wrong? Yeah. And Ugh. I remember I was really shocked at the time because my dad got really defensive and he was like, well, I'm just joking around. Like she knows that. And I was like, no, dad, I was like, yeah. no, like that. I was like, think I was like, put, put me in her position. And some random guy just like touches me mm-hmm. because I'm waiting on his table. Like, how does that make you feel? And so he was like, okay, uh, like, all right, you know, I, I, I can kind of see that. And then instead of just like, hmm, apologizing, she comes back to the table and my dad was like, hey, my daughter like pointed out that like, <laughs> yeah, it's my worst nightmare. He's like, my daughter pointed out this is not okay. And he was like, I didn't mean anything by it. Like, you know, I hope I didn't make you uncomfortable. And then he's like in the position of like making her soothe him to yeah. reassure him. Oh no, honey, it's okay. It's fine. And yeah. she, but she was like, she was younger, like in her twenties, like, you know, she wasn't older or anything like that. But I, I remember that was like a, a thing that kind of stuck with me where I was like, you crossed the line and then you got defensive about it. Mm. And also it just like, I don't know, I still get nervous when I go out with them now about oh. interacting with wait staff. Like I get that like high school feeling That's again. That's interesting. <laughs> Y'all, we be bumping mics mm. tonight. Because it's... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> As we said, it's, it's been a week. <laughs> um. <laughs> but no, I, I think I still like sometimes like get nervous because I'm just like, you're embarrassing dad. And I'm like 31 and I feel like I'm 15 again. That's interesting. Yeah. No, like my... I guess my dad's not... I've never seen him like... He, not a super touchy-feely person in general, so I've never seen him do something like that. I have to admit, he, like, soaks up that attention so much. Mm -hmm. But also, the waitresses usually are semi-into it as well. Like, there's this weird mutual, like, back-and-forth banter. And what's so odd is, like, I after that, like, specific story i told you like truly he had i mean (laughs) he had a catalog of restaurants where you know (laughs) shelly knew him you know like whatever (laughs) oh shelly lives out in you know chino valley and what whatever but um like that story from that when we were like outside of flagstaff he still tells and he loves to bring it up and it's this weird thing where, like, he loves to tell my mom how, like, attractive he is to people. <laughs> and she has got to be just, like, she just, like, is so, I'm trying to, I don't know does how Does she to, get jealous? Or, like, no, does she react at all? No. So, it's more, she's, she takes, like, the sarcastic, oh, my God. She takes, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> she takes like a more sarcastic approach of like, oh, I know, honey, you're so handsome. <laughs> like, that sounds like you. I know. <laughs> a little bit of like, oh, like she does like <laughs> pats him on the <laughs> belly usually. <laughs> okay, honey. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure she loved you. You're so lovable. <laughs> like she has, she's like a good, good sport about it, but it's just like this funny thing well i mean you know the first time i saw a photo of your dad he he was not what i had pictured yeah which was a (laughs) tell me please tell me what you picked balding mustachioed gentleman (laughs) he had a full head of hair guys i was surprised clean shaven blue bluish green eyes yeah yeah i i i I guess he's historic He's conventionally attractive to that age group. I mean, I'll believe it. I don't know. Yeah. He's not an ugly person. No. Of course, I'm not going to see my dad as like a hunk. No. That would be problematic. (laughs) (laughs) It would. I like my men older, but 
<laughs> not that old. <laughs> also not blonde and white. So Nope. That's no. a no for me, dog. That's a hard pass. Um I think I think part of <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> I think part of my aversion to white men is because I want the opposite of my dad, which is I marry the opposite of my dad. Mm. I will continue to be attracted to the opposite of my dad. <laughs> Sorry, white guys. Yeah. I may not be dissimilar from you in that. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we are our dads. Yeah. To a degree. I do take after my dad quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's inescapable. And I don't want to fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, today has a different tone. What do you think about that? Today does have a different tone. I feel like, um, you know, we got real serious on the last one. I think this it was a was, little heavy. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a little if heavy. You, if you've made it to episode three, you're <laughs> finally getting the good stuff. You're finally seeing, like, I mean, all of this has been authentic to us, but I feel Absolutely. like we shoot the shit a lot. And yeah, we came in heavier than I think we planned. Yeah. And today feels this feels this feels better and a little intoxicated. Yeah, but Which, also this is uh, us as well. Yep, yeah, this is. Um, although you know what is atypical for us is that it's wine. Yeah, we uh, but switched um, it up a little. It paired well with this bread. I I'm think not, anything would pair well with this bread. There is one wedge left of the half that she cut that we're gonna <laughs> eat. Yeah, it's I can be promise gone. you, it's gonna be gone. So we've eaten a half a loaf of bread over the mm-hmm. course of this recording. Mm-hmm. She hasn't touched the butter yet. No, I had some. Oh, you did? Slice. Yeah, okay. a little bit. But I wanted that, like, you know, the, the initial, integrity. Absolutely. Get that feel for uh, the taste. And I, I actually thought it was really good. Like, No, it has. I think that olive oil really yeah. did enhance the flavor. Yeah. Because I read, um, like, when I was kind of, like, reading reviews about, like, this recipe and stuff, one mm-hmm. of the things they said was they were, like, yeah, that original recipe didn't have as much salt as it needed. And so I used an uh, an update that Mark Bittman had posted, I think, in 2018. Okay. That had two teaspoons of salt as opposed to the one and a quarter teaspoon of the original. And I have salt no complaints is, about this flavor. I love – salt's good. Uh, I do want to try this again with refrigerating it for three days. And seeing what that does yeah, to the flavor. Yeah, that is a really interesting experiment yeah. to try to work out because I do wonder, because you don't think of bread as being a strong flavor, right? Mm-mm. Like it's not, unless it's like a super savory jalapeno cheddar, mm-hmm. like it has like a very intentional like a flavor. That's a right. strong thing. A rye, even a sourdough if it's a real yep. sourdough. But like bread is mostly like a neutral but to have flavor, and if it builds in that three-day rise mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. that would be a really interesting comparison. Well, and that was also kind of the thing where it was like, yeah, you let it you let it chill in the fridge for three days, mm-hmm. and then you take it out, and you let it sit for a couple of hours to, like, remove the chill, let it expand, do all of that. So I'm, I'm really curious, and I kind of want to try that, but I, I don't really have a critique. Uh, no, it's a it is a bread. great bread. Yeah, well, thank you. And it's such a contrast to last week, actually. Yeah, because last week was not, there was no kneading. It was nope. also like this drop bread, put it in a cast iron skillet. A Dutch oven was an option. Like they mm-hmm. gave some baking options, and I just used the cast iron. But the texture, the on texture is completely, completely different. different. And I mean, like. I could sit here and <laughs> eat the rest of this loaf yep, and that texture. And also I think that soda bread had some sweetness that I'm yeah. not looking for in a traditional loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. a little bit of sweetness if we're talking about like a cinnamon roll, if we're talking about a scone mm. or a scone, if you're from the UK. Like that was embarrassing. Yeah, mm, <laughs> I'm used to it. Just embrace it. Um, scone. <laughs> I have a great story about. Nope. We'll wait for the we'll scone, get there. <laughs> scone episode, y'all. Um, but no, the texture of this, the flavor of completely this, completely different. It's, this is, I mean, truly, like it's light, 
and that ha- it has that bounce backy mm-hmm. spongy thing mm-hmm. happening. And last week's soda bread was a dense. dense. It's a hearty, thick. It sticks with you. Again, like makes perfect sense if you're like feeding the hungry yep. situation and you need to fill bellies. I mean, this would still fill a belly, but it doesn't feel as heavy for sure. No, I mean, I took you, you sent me home with some of that soda bread yeah. last week. And like I had like a slice or two of it for breakfast the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I was not hungry for a no, while. It's, it's filling. Yeah. 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 But, um, no, this was this was good. I'm excited. I feel like eventually we'll this have to try. This would also be a great olive oil, yeah. some salt and pepper situation. Oh. It's a good mm. dipping bread. Yeah, me into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is the type of bread where I'm like, you could do grilled cheese with this. You could do avocado toast. Mm. You could do a... Now, this is where you could do a French toast with this, but mm. I like a heartier whole wheat because of, again, how I was raised. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. we like bread. Have you picked <laughs> up on that? You guys you guys aware of that? It led board? to some crazy offshoots this week. But... I mean, I'm all about hearing about some alcoves. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming, and I, I was mean, fascinated. I would love to find that <laughs> tape, which would somehow have to be converted to digital oh, at this point. on a VCR, Kaylee? Not a VCR, but it says like mini 8 millimeter, oh, like shit. small yeah. tapes. <gasps> and my mom has... 300 of them uh-huh. that just need to be digitized giant handheld video like yeah. my childhood is on those things yep same <laughs> <laughs> oh man should we wrap this up i, I think we should wrap we kind of went off course at the end i'm so sorry we do that every time i know i think this is how we wrap up a show <laughs> this is just our thing welcome welcome to Pass the bread. Pass the bread. The podcast. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Pass the Bread Podcast. Uh, you can find us streaming on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever Stitcher, you get your podcasts. All the places. Uh, don't forget to, you know, rate, review, and subscribe. Leave Kaylee a compliment in your review. <sighs> for no me one to has read. done that yet, but I'm, we. Besides your. your daughter <laughs> yeah i was about to open it we are obligated we said we would read the reviews we got oh yeah i'm pulling it up now and my sweet seven-year-old was so excited she's like this is the coolest thing ever to her because she thinks we're like official she loves podcasts she subscribes to her own handful of kids podcasts which is mind-blowing to me to think it's about such a generational kids. thing yeah that is but they're i mean the kids podcasts are so great they have some about like finances and money what? and like it's and she i mean loves, that is a podcast kids need oh i that's love amazing it. to create financial like literacy for seven-year-old like oh, it's so good delightful but so because she's so familiar with how podcasts work this is the review she left us the subject the title uh-huh Thank you. <laughs> Which I don't hear enough from my kid, to be honest. But this is what it says. Um, hello, as you can see, parentheses, to Kaylee, my mom, and parentheses. <laughs> I'm so happy that you and B, that you made podcast. More parentheses. I'm your daughter, Juniper. <laughs> And what's so sweet is she She gave us five stars, guys. She gave us five stars. She thanked us. She's doing better than all Mm y'all. I don't see any of your reviews in here. Molly, leave us that review. (laughs) (laughs) Molly, I saw your feedback. I want to hear that out loud for the public. Praying about it? Take it to the Lord. (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate that for my seven-year-old, who is the most supportive Uh, fan we have so far (laughs) mostly because they tell her she can't come in here while we're recording (laughs) anyways on that um, note we should we should wrap this up so like subscribe follow instagram is past the bread podcast past the bread podcast.com please sign up for our newsletter because we're going to send you this delicious fluffy spongy bread recipe um as well as whatever else we've talked about this month um we want to hear your weird stuff because we're going to need talking points. Yeah. Have um, you have you ever el- played with elk feet? I want to know. <laughs> is You know, is this a common occurrence if you're a huntress? I, I'm so tempted. Well, whatever. It's, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to us, uh, you guys. This was delightful. Um, Kaylee, let's 
let's eat some more bread and drink some water. <laughs> Time to hydrate. Uh-huh. Time to get sober up. Sobered up. Another thing. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. This was a folks. delight. I got to get better about saying folks. Yeah. Not guys. Yeah. We're we're inclusive here. We are. We try. We don't want to gender gender We'll just get real southern and say all y'all. All y'all, even mm-hmm. though we're not. Nope. We're not. Y'all have a good night. Good day. Yeah. I don't, you're probably listening. I don't know. When do you listen? I don't know. Bless your heart. Take care of y'all. <laughs> I'll never say that. I will knock it in. I'm a strong, independent woman. <laughs> now that is the truth. <laughs>